Hello, everybody! Surprise. Is it a surprise? Sounds like it might be a surprise. <laughs> it's the witching hours! Yay! Episode 10. We're in episode 10. Holy moly. How did we how did we get here? Uh as as always, we have um the co-host, Janet Frost. And today we have special guest John from RVA Paranormal. How's it going? Hey, hey. Glad to be here. All, All right. right. So how's everybody doing out there? We got we made it to Thursday. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got salty frogs here. Hey, salty and tiny moonflower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Frost giant, would you like to start okay. us off with some paranormal news? Yeah, so, um, yeah, let's go and get started with the news. So we had a lot last time. Uh, I was able to find a couple articles to go into this week. So let's see. First one is the existence. So scientists have said that the existence of the Loch Ness Monster is plausible after a new fossil discovery. And so uh, the news from this is essentially a little bit of a, a little bit of a false headline, but they have found evidence that um, some creatures um, that have kind of been uh, thought to have been what the Loch Ness Monster is, like a pleosaur, were uh, found to be able to live in fresh water. They found fossils of this dinosaur from, fresh, from freshwater sources now. Uh -huh. And before, scientists had dismissed the possibility of these, uh, of the, the Loch Ness and freshwater uh, possibilities because they were only thought to be saltwater. So now we know that they were able to live in freshwater. And so the question is, does that lead a little more credibility to maybe having a creature that survived the extinction events. I think so. Why yeah. not? Why hey, couldn't anytime... they have? Yeah. Got some scientific some scientific evidence. That I, you can I believe I believe in Loch Ness, the Loch Ness monster. The Loch Ness? So perhaps it is one of the pleosaurs. Yeah. Yes, we're gonna be doing ghost hunting stuff, Tiny Moonflower. I hope you're excited. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, Fable Forest and Wanderers here. And CMC Excellent. Airbus, hey, and Emily, hola, our friend from Espana. We're just watching a movie that had Barcelona in it. I was thinking about you. <laughs> What's your second story yeah. this evening? So, so we kind of keep going on this stuff that's going coming out of the Pentagon and the and uh, the Congress, uh, the uh, sessions they had uh, last spring, where they are dealing with this new UFO uh, era as we usher in this kind of new UFO era. And of course, we're not calling them UFOs anymore. They're calling them, uh, what is it? Uh, oh, it's in the article. I always forget because I've called them UFOs my whole <laughs> life. Uh, so Pentagon renames UFO office and expands missions to include transmedium objects. So what does after that only eight mean? months, well, we'll get there. <laughs> after only eight months of existence, the Pentagon's office tasked with investigating and tracking UFOs or unidentified aerial phenomenon. There, there you go. UAPs. Yes. yes. CMC Airbus just told us. UAPs. Oh, there we go. UAPs. That's right. We'll look beyond the stars for objects of interest. On Wednesday, the Pentagon announced that it renamed and expanded the authority of the government's chief UFO office 
formerly known as the Airborne Object Identification and Management Group, the office will now be known as the All Domain Anonymly Resolution Office, or the AARO. With the new name comes increased responsibilities, the Defense Department said in a statement, while the group was mostly focused on airborne threats in space, the renamed office will also look into unidentified objects that are submerged in water or deemed, here you go, medium, mm-hmm. Jenny Lee, trans-medium, uh, trans-medium objects. It sounds so like all those... I would be a trans-medium object the way that they word it. <laughs> <laughs> so we used to call what they call their, like, uh, um, like underwater UFOs is like a big thing. Um, a lot of, yeah. especially like a lot of Navy personnel and stuff mm-hmm. will have stories about that. So now they're calling them, I guess, because they can go from air to water, then they're trans. Yes. yes. And so they're different mediums, I guess, trans medium. Air and uh, water. Air and water. And the story goes on. They but should that have named it like through. a trans elemental. Wouldn't that have been a better word? An element, water, air. Well, they used to call them USOs. Like unidentified submersive. Submersives, and then, yeah. And then a UFO was flying. But you know, I, and I wonder how, <laughs> I wonder how much of all this renaming of everything. Even though like there's like they're being it seems like they're trying to be more transparent. I wonder if renaming everything is another way to like reset the story, like reset mm-hmm. their agenda mm-hmm. to a yeah, certain extent. Probably. So but that's interesting because we've had a lot of talk about how the government's showing a, a kind of renewed interest. Uh, this is probably the furthest we've come since Project Blue Book. So, yeah, uh, I, I don't like the name that they chose for that. But, you know, that's just me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we were talking to John about this right before we got on. But I got another story here from uh, about Bigfoot. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, I over... like a squatch story. <laughs> well, last week we had someone who was noodling get murdered by somebody else uh, <laughs> because they... They were afraid that they were being left behind to be eaten by Bigfoot. <laughs> this week, we have 50 samples that were taken from UFO researchers who were given to scientists uh, to have them says, the DNA analyzed. Live people ignore um, the strange and unusual. So they were able to analyze the DNA on all 50 samples they received. Um, so the, the, the results of that was uh, they have, well, 57 hairs from Bigfoot enthusiasts in museums around the world, including samples from Washington, Texas, Oregon, Russia, and India. Okay. Bigfoot um, hairs. Some were as old as 50 years. Okay. Some hairs immediately turned out not to be hairs at all, but rather plant or glass mm-hmm. fibers. Yeah. Um, some of them were unable, like there wasn't enough DNA in them to have them done. Um, and then there were 30 left after that, and all 30 that were sequenced were all matched the exact 12 RNA sequences for known species. So the team reports online uh, in a paper that 10 hairs belonged to various bear species, four mm-hmm. were from horses, okay. four were from wolves or dogs, and one was a perfect match to a human hair. <laughs> and others kind <laughs> came from cows, raccoons, deer, and even a porcupine. Oh, wow. Uh, two samples from India and Bhutan matched polar bear 12S RNA. A surprising find that they found polar bear DNA and polar bear DNA in Bhutan in, 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 in India. Yeah. What the hell? But, uh, <laughs> How did that? Now I need weathers. to know about the polar bear in India. How did this happen? <laughs> well, the interesting thing is now they're wondering if some bears in the Himalayan mountains are actually like a hybrid species of polar bears. Yeah. Wow. So. 
scientific information. You know, and uh, you know, if you're a Bigfoot fanatic, uh, someone who's kind of into uh, searching for Bigfoot stuff like this, I don't think is something that you know. Uh, CMC, CMC Airbus said imported polar bear skin rugs. Yeah. (laughs) Someone's running through the woods with a polar bear (laughs) skin rug. (laughs) The bear's just lost. You don't know. (laughs) So, you know, goodness, the search is, the search is still on. Yeah. The search is still on. Well, that's disappointing. Yeah. Um, but then again, if they had found Bigfoot, uh, you probably would have heard about it before you got our news here today. That's so. true. Yes. And uh, one last little piece of uh, news that I don't have one here, but I was reading the article today, is that we have all this stuff that's happening with Congress with the UA- UAPs. Mm-hmm. Uh, NASA has also now said that they are going to start looking for unidentified aerial phenomena. Oh, NASA well. is? They're going to announce that they're looking for it because I'm sure they've yeah. been looking at it for a long time. <laughs> hey, little so wing. We've gone, we've gone we've gone a long way on this. We've gone from yeah. government's interested to government is kind of interested to the government was joking on people who said they saw it to all of a sudden the government's really interested. And again, they have videos pretty much like proving the phenomenon and they're just like, hey, we don't know what this is. Yeah. Hi, linguists. Yeah. Thank you, Pop Smoke, for the follow. And, uh, and that is Paranormal that is News. Paranormal News. Polar bears trying to keep warm in India. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know, man. Down there on the Ganges. Like, uh, <laughs> doing a little summer float. <laughs> Goodness. All right, All right Frost guys. Giant, introduce yeah. our guest. All right. So John and Lynn Harris founded... RVA Paranormal in 2017. They are a husband and wife paranormal team who had a common paranormal experiences when they first met and realized they shared a mutual interest in paranormal investigating. Dedicated to what they love and sharing it with the paranormal community, they set out to share the locations and evidence they captured. They blend their skill sets to uh, apply various techniques and unique approaches when exploring the paranormal. In 2019, they started Piercing the Veil, a weekly live stream. They invite special guests, investigators, and share their love for the paranormal and live stream their investigations on location. Joined now by their 18-year-old daughter, Kristen, RVA Paranormal continues to pursue their love of paranormal investigating as a family. John, Lynn, and Kristen have recently joined the Twisted Realm as members of the crew, as well as Haunted Nights, Paranormal Events, and staff. Everybody welcome to The Witching Hours, John Harris. Yay, John. Yeah. How you doing? <laughs> Just me tonight, Lynn's, uh, yeah. Lynn's downstairs getting uh, our our youngest ready to go back to school in a couple weeks. Oh, yeah. Fun time. Well, we know how that goes. Yeah. We have, <laughs> our oldest is a senior who just started this week. So we're, we're not at the college phase yet, but we're getting to that, to that phase here Don't soon enough. <laughs> yeah, but thanks for having me on. I, I really appreciate you asking us to come on and, uh, and share some of our stories with you and and participate in the stream. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot awesome. of this came. So we met at, at a Paracon um, back at, the, I guess, what was the beginning of the summer? It was, yeah, it was and, May. Um, and like the whole time, like we had some conversations and I was like, I wanted to have more conversations, but we, you know, uh, medium Jenny Lee was doing readings and stuff. And so it's just, and I was like, man, we got to have them on the show. And I went home and I've checked out some of their investigations on YouTube and stuff like that. So yeah, I think we're in for a fun time tonight. Yeah. 
Yeah, so yeah, we, we, we met at Sage Puricon at Belgrave Plantation. Uh, MJ down here, it's our Abraham, time. Uh, it's our time down uh, here. Uh, her Puricon, uh, Sage from uh, the UK to the US. And uh, it, it had a great turnout. And vendors were awesome. Met some fantastic folks like yourself. Made some great contacts. Um, you know, we had a lot of other, other great people there. Um, you know, Supernatural Lost Adventures are in the chat now. Pop Smoke, hey, how's it going? Hey! Part C77, hey, appreciate it. But yeah, so, um, so yeah, we've just been, we've been really enjoying the ride, I guess is what you'd say with, with Paranormal. Um, and we have been on the go, I mean, constantly. It seems like we don't ever stop. Like, I don't know how the grass gets me. I'm going to have to buy a <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, excellent. That's awesome. And so, um, I guess like one of the things I wanted to talk about first, like if we're going to jump into investigations, was um, one of the first videos I checked out from you, which was your investigation of I think it was the USS North Carolina. Mm -hmm. So, I'll put links up in Discord so you guys, you know, if anybody wants to be able to check some of these videos out for sure. But it just seemed like from the moment you guys got there, it was just like action packed from like the moment that video started until the end. So you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, I mean, you know, the battleship um, North Carolina down in Wilmington has been a paranormal hotspot for a while. I think it I think it became very popular um, back in season one uh, of Ghost Hunters. I think they actually in, investigated that ship and were one of the first ones to investigate the ship and 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 they've really embraced it since then by allowing folks to come on and and investigate the ship for for a fee um but yeah the, the ship is massive um it saw um it saw its share of action in world war ii also also saw its share of death um from uh killed in actions to to natural deaths um and it's a massive, massive, it's a massive, it's a massive place. Um, and our approach to kind of these larger areas is during our initial walkthrough, um, we, we let, we kind of let these locations tell us where we need to be. Uh, where is it going to be most active? Where does it want to interact with us? And uh, that whole video pretty much was um, just in the, just in the sick hall. Um, and surgery. That's where we seem to get the most activity. And, and when I got to editing that, um, I realized that if I did everything that we captured on the whole ship, it would have been a three-hour video. So, wow. That's so crazy. Not good, not good for YouTube. Uh, but so we, we, we decided to focus primarily on that um, and some of the other things that we caught. But yeah, so I mean, that's a, that's a, that was one of the most active um, locations I would say that we've been to right out of the gate um and um they just really seem to the spirits there just seem to really want to talk to you where is that where do they have that it, it's in Wilmington North Carolina so okay the, uh, the very southeastern tip of mm -hmm. North Carolina um it's, it's actually beautiful it's, it's right on the Cape Fear River um directly across from downtown yeah um, Wilmington so is a beautiful place yeah Wilmington in itself is a is a is a is a, a town that's seeped in history. Yeah, uh, all the way back to the 18th century. Um, 
it's got its roots in, in some piracy. Mm-hmm. Um, America, sure. <laughs> um, you know, the, the battleship North Carolina rests there as well. Um, and they're quite, they, they embrace their history there. So there is a lot of historical downtown buildings and things that you can actually tour uh, along with your weekend at the, at the battleship um, that, uh, that they would just sit there and share all of the, uh, all of the stories that they have um, from those old houses and, and, and downtown buildings and, and the, the waterfront district. So what was the coolest thing that happened on the North Carolina? Wow. Um, well, outside the paranormal, probably the coolest thing that happened was, um, you know, we got to experience the, the North Carolina with, uh, with several other teams uh, that we collaborate with and, and really work well together. Uh, and that's important. These oh, yeah. don't come cheap. So mm-hmm. we got to investigate with FPRI, Fredericksburg, uh, Supernatural, um, Lost Adventures, um, uh, Covert Paranormal, uh, Kim Sage uh, was there. Um, but from a paranormal aspect, I would have to, I mean, there was a point in time we were, we were taking a walk of that ship. And, and this is actually in the video. Um, we were walking around the, um, the stern of the ship um, on the second level and heard a whistle, heard a, a, a bosun whistle that yeah. captured clear enough on audio and video that we were able to kind of decipher what what the note and the command was that they were blowing um wow and yeah those kind of things are just so rare whenever whenever you can get anything that's uh you know you can physically hear with mm-hmm. your ears without the help of a recorder or headphones or a disembodied voice those are the things you know to this day that just really just strike me as some of the some of the best evidence well it, it, you brought that up and i can remember hearing that when i was watching that that video the uh the bosun's whistle and uh and uh that that really struck me because uh well i'm a, i'm a navy brat my dad's retired navy and so as soon as i heard that whistle i was like man i know exactly what that is and then you say it and it was just like okay i wasn't just hearing that then and it was uh it was like wow like i heard that right off the bat and it was just one of those things where like man who in the heck no one's walking around there with a bosun's whistle, you know what I mean? <laughs> no, and we even went to, uh, of course, there is someone that stays on the ship with you. Um, and and they're very good about locking themselves up uh, and keeping away, out of your way, uh, if you if you will. Uh, but we even walked up to them and asked them, like, are you piping any type of, like, music or just anything to kind of, you know, set the immersion for for the tours and he's like no we cut all that stuff off with the lights he said and we don't play any type of bows and whistles or calls or anything so the only thing we played throughout the ship is maybe like some some 40s or 50s uh big band era music but we're not we're not playing anything like bows and calls or anything of the sort cmc airbus wanted to know what was the command that the whistle indicated so it was the give way command, or uh, which which is associated with preparing to either to what, the way I understand it in studying it, it's not it's not a common call, 
Um, but it was it was the it was the give way command um, for the anchor. Oh. Hmm. Huh. That's yeah. Weird. And I mean, you know, if it was something common like you hear on the on the you know on the movies, but I was like, my dad was a Navy guy too, right? Okay. Uh, yeah. So and and I I you know I grew up watching like you know um all the the navy movies tour 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 and and, and all of those um so i kind of heard have heard a lot of the more common ones but when i heard it i'm like i've never heard that before so i actually had to dig in and look and find like the calls themselves and the way i ended up finding that was I actually just typed in what i heard which was the the sharp up and the warble down for two seconds, and as soon as I typed that in in the in the Google in the Google uh, <laughs> in the interwebs, uh, that's the first thing that came up. So um, I okay. actually found a recording where somebody blew that call, and I was like, "Yeah, wow, that, that's, <laughs> that's awesome." Yeah, that'll make the uh, hair stand up on the back of your neck. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but you know, all night long in that ship, um, where well, we heard. Uh, what sounded like uh, um, uh, the the door um, slamming shut um, between the uh, between the sections of the ship. I, the, the, what they're called escapes me right now. Uh, sorry, all the Navy people. Uh, but <laughs> when you go out and when we went out and looked, all those doors are secured, um, either welded open or chained open so that nobody can close them. Oh yeah. Them to close themselves, so there's absolutely no way um, that 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 could have been one of the bulkhead doors. That's what I'm thinking of mm-hmm. uh, closing, but it was loud enough that it. I mean, you could actually, you know, you could plainly hear it, and we heard it uh, several times that night. So, one of the most impressive things about that uh, that investigation was not just the interaction that we received, but also while you're walking around the ship, uh, the residual activity of you know, that bosun call, uh, the doors slamming, um, you know, things like that, um, mm-hmm. that aren't really associated with an intelligent spirit mm-hmm. or haunting, but just just a replay of time of things that, that frequently occurred on board that ship. Yeah. CMC Airbus said that that particular one means stand clear of the anchor chain. There you go. And the forecastle. And then Brie Marie has a question. What are the most haunted places you would recommend? Oh, um, thanks for, yeah, thanks for that information. I didn't know it had something to do with the anchor itself, but um, as far as the most haunted places that I would recommend, I guess it depends on, on where you've been um, and you know, we, you know, where you're from. We've been fortunate enough to go to a lot of states. You know, we've been to Tennessee, Ohio, New York. Uh, North Carolina, you know, uh, New Jersey, here in Virginia themselves. But um, some of the, um, I guess from a uh, a location that you could potentially go to and investigate for a fee or rent the location and do a private overnight, um, one of my all-time favorites has always been St. Albans Sanatorium in Radford, Virginia. Um, the history of that location um, and the amount of activity that we get when we when we go and we've been there you know eight to ten times um, and we always leave astounded. Um, but 
us being RBA from Richmond, Virginia, um, we've got so many battlefields, both uh, mm -hmm. Civil War and Revolutionary War. Yeah. We have a great time. Just, you know, those are free locations that are outdoors um, that are at your, you know, at your disposal to, to walk and hike and, and, and tour. And we just love, we love to walk around those with a, a voice recorder and a K2 and get absolutely fantastic things. And yes, even during the day. Yeah. Uh, they seem to be more active on the battlefields during the day, actually. Yeah. Doesn't always have to be at nighttime. <laughs> and yeah. Bree, Bree had another question. What are the craziest, what's the craziest experience you've ever encountered? Oh, man. Um, good questions. Um, as crazy as it kind of sounds, uh, being scratched is always fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, I have been, I have been, so just as a little background, because I don't know how much we talked to you about this before either, but Medium, Jenny Lee, and I were part of a, uh, a paranormal investigation group for, for a little while here in our area. So it's called the Madison Area Paranormal. And uh, we did quite, we did some investigations. We were kind of getting going with the group and then COVID kind of happened and mm -hmm. uh, we started doing different things. But I, just in that short period of time, I was able to see quite a few things for myself, but I have never been been scratched so <laughs> i can't imagine what that must feel like this so it's, please continue <laughs> uh, the, the one time that i think i've been scratched so i can ultimately remember myself i equated it it was across it was across my arm right here uh right at the bend um and i was sitting i was sitting in a doorway holding a camera um filming and my arm was was over the threshold and something walked through that door at the time and I equate it with um, like a single strand of a jellyfish being dragged across my arm. Mm -hmm. It was just, you know, a severe intense pain, very sharp and it lingered. Um, and it did, it did actually leave a mark. Um, was it like it was, a burning? It burned. Yeah. Wow. Uh, um, but not like a heat burn. I mean, mm -hmm. You know, just and it was it was, you know, a single mark. Now Lynn has had an issue where she was scratched on a location that we were doing. Uh, there was a, a younger boy that was. We were on a tour. We were just on a walking tour, uh, um, of a location, and we were up in the attic, and there was a 14 or 15 year old boy walking in front of Lynn, and they both reacted at the same time. Um, he said ouch and jumped, and then Lynn said ouch like a half a second after. Um, and come to find out that Lynn had a scratch on her leg, and the child had a scratch on his arm that when they stood side by side, the scratch lined up. So whatever it was got <gasps> oh, both. Wow. Um, wow. Which is, which is crazy. Yeah. Um, it's crazy to just sit here and say that being scratched is, uh, is like exciting. Um, it's terrifying the first yeah. time because uh, you don't know what to expect. And you look down, and there's there are marks that weren't there that you know are the result of something that was interacting with you. Um, your mind kind of tells you, you know, okay, what are you going to do? Are you going to run? Or are you yeah. going to stay and fight? Uh, fight and fight. fight or flight. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and my kind of approach to it is, I don't think anything that is is meant to do you harm 
uh, and we don't know what they're doing. And I always tell people, I equate it with kind of like the, the scene in Ghost where Patrick Swayze is trying to kick the can on the subway, right? He's mm -hmm. trying, to kick, trying to kick the can. The can won't move, and he's given everything he's got. And then as soon as he focuses and gets that energy, he kicks the can, and man, that can flies. So, you know, we don't know how much energy or concentration it takes to be able to tap you or to push you mm -hmm. or to scratch you. And we don't know if they're just trying to get your attention. Like yeah. if it's just like, hey, I'm here, here's a scratch, or if it's malicious. But I would feel like if it really didn't want you there and wanted to be malicious, it it could. Mm -hmm. um, but I've never felt that way. Um, any, on any investigation where I really felt like I was in a whole lot of danger, I have situations where I, I didn't necessarily want to be there, um, but spirit was telling me, you shouldn't be here. And and you as an investigator, well, you know, you need to realize that. And, yeah. And kind of respect, yeah. That, respect that space when you know that they don't want to be there and, and take off. Um, but, you know, outside of that, you know, we did hear a little girl singing one time um, with a, a disembodied voice. She actually sang the Peekaboo song, like Peekaboo. Oh I my see. goodness! <laughs> and and it was uh, it was experienced by four or five other people, and that was early, early on in our investigating career. And I'm like, man, what 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 else you got? What what else can you do? So <laughs> yeah, if there's things like, things like if that. There's kind of anything that unnerves me. <laughs> it is um, investigations that uh, reveal evidence of child ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, and I think there's a mixture of that, of first of all, the empathy you have for the child, but then also the connection of like, is it really a child? Uh -huh. um, yeah. So, and like, you know, how, you know, so the whole kind of aspect of that, and I, I don't know how you feel about that, but <laughs> that's yeah. always something that just kind of. Uh, yeah, let me. Uh, I'll, I'll. I'll kind of catch that. Let me catch up on some of Bree's stuff here. What about Arizona? I've never been to Arizona, but you know, the Wild West, crazy. I would say any yeah. old ghost town. I would. I would. I would give my right arm to go to <laughs> a ghost town from the West and and investigate. Um, Salem, Salem's kind of funny about their, their paranormal. Uh, they don't really like it. Uh, mm -hmm. So when you go to Salem and you start going around, you have to kind of be careful and, and not really project what you're doing because um, they, will, they will literally tell yeah. you, oh, you need to go here. Uh, and then you go to that place and they're like, you need to go there. And the next thing you know, you're not going <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and I will say this, I will say this, John, uh, uh, for the, uh, I don't know, because once again, like we talked that day, we talked a little bit, but I can't remember what we've discussed previously, but I'm a history guy. I have um, my master's in history and I teach high school and college level history. And so for me, being like a history guy, who's also into the paranormal. The witch trials uh, in Salem have always kind of been uh, a sweet spot for me. Um, I've always been super interested in that, and I'm terrified of witches. Uh, so I married. But then one. you married one. So what were you thinking? So, uh, <laughs> but we got to get on. <laughs> yeah. So we, uh, so we uh, got to go to Salem. Uh, I had some family move up that way, and we were able to go up there. Not 
this previous summer, but the one before we went to Salem and I've always been very like, uh, you know, really excited to, to visit Salem. And I hate to say it because I don't know if this is the right word, but I was kind of disappointed to a certain extent of what I thought Salem was and kind of what it kind of is now as far as like a tourist yeah. attraction. Yeah, um, it's very rare, very few places that actually will take you back uh, to, to that. Um, uh, and knowing a couple people that are from Salem, Salem area that used to live there, I mean, they'll tell you it's wicked haunted. Um, if you just got to know where to they go. They will literally tell you it's wicked haunted. It's wicked haunted, yeah. <laughs> and I, I think part of that's, you know, us being, you know, all of us from Virginia, we have Williamsburg and Jamestown, and we have mm -hmm. all of these places that are like still kind of kept, I mean, they're tourist places, but there's still like this authenticity to it that. Mm -hmm. I, and like I said, I was there for what? We were there for like maybe two hours. Yeah, so we I'm not like passing long. judgment on Salem. There's a lot more we could do there. And it was interesting. But like my first reaction was like, yeah, this isn't Williamsburg. That's, you know, that's yeah. for sure. <laughs> <laughs> this is a city uh, with like an yeah. uh, old cemetery in it. And, yeah. and then maybe there's some couple buildings left over, like spread out all over the place. Yeah, yeah. Uh, CMC Airboss. Yeah, on uh, it to Twitch. You would, you had mentioned the USS Salem. My dad actually served on the USS Des Moines, uh, the 133. So the Salem's uh, sister ship, and and the Salem has always been uh, one of those ships I've wanted to go to, but I've never actually had an opportunity to go up there. Heavy um, cruiser. Hmm. Heavy cruiser. Heavy, big, heavy cruiser. Um, but yeah, getting back to the child thing, I think. I think coming back, there were, you know, as we started out early on, and of course, me and Lynn have been doing this together now for, you know, 14 years. Um, and we've been, you know, we've been lucky enough to work with some really great teams and some well-known folks. Um, and, and we take something away from everyone that we investigate with. And that's one of the great things about putting yourself out there and, and listening and keeping an open mind about investigating is, Everyone has something to offer, mm -hmm. um, and then kind of taking that and and doing with it what you will, not necessarily copycatting it, but but keeping a, a fresh outlook. Um, going into a lot of private uh, private investigations, uh, it's one of the more common things that you hear. And on a couple of occasions, we've had um, spirits acting um, as something they they weren't. Mm -hmm. um, and we've almost kind of developed a way to trick them. Um, so one of the one of the teams we was on, they were doing it, and uh, we kept asking the same question over and over again: How old are you? How old are you? How old are you? Uh, and every time we get the same response in a little girl's voice, except for the uh, you know, um, except for one time we said, you know, tell me again how old you are, and finally went, I'm four. <laughs> You oh, know, good lord. Like, <laughs> <laughs> kind of like um, and then, you know, you had one that was acting as if it was a um, um, a girl, uh, a young girl, um, using the using a different name. Um, and we actually aggravated it enough and kept saying the female name, you know, the girl's name over and over and over again. And finally, it said, I'm Kevin. <laughs> you know, just, it's like we almost <laughs> aggravated enough. It's like, okay, you win. I'm, yeah. I'm not this person. I'm, I'm, um, I'm Kevin. Damn so, you, Kevin. But <laughs> that's what you go into when you do these these private investigations. It's never you. You never want to leave a private investigation with someone's left more uneasy they are when you before you get there. 
Yeah, for um, sure. And you really want to debunk and dispel a lot of things that you can, especially if you can explain them. Um, but working with them, even if you've got something that's not, um, you know, our most recent one was one where we had to teach them how to kind of cope with it. It's like, look, this isn't going anywhere. You're gonna, you're gonna have to leave, or you're gonna have to learn to to kind of cope with this. Um, and they did. They kind of embraced it. They set some boundaries, some guidelines, and you know, funny enough, bought a couple of pieces of equipment, and now they sit in the living room at night and and play touch the cat ball. <laughs> I mean, you know, they they get they get along great. So, wow. Well, John, we have a lot of questions coming up in here, but before we move forward, because uh, I usually like to start at the beginning and I, I pushed us ahead. So real quick, um, we, we talked about how long you've been investigating. Like, where did that come from? How did that all start? And what got you interested in ghost hunting and the paranormal? Um, well, let's see. Me and Lynn have been married for 25 years, going on 25 years. Nice. Congratulations. Um, and about... 14 or 15 years ago, we we started watching the the all the TV shows were coming off. Yeah. The Ghost Hunters and things like that. And we were really intrigued. Um we actually had um our own paranormal experience with a family member who took his own life. It's on my side of the family, actually. Mm, I'm sorry. Um, and he followed us for six months. Um and little things that were happening that we couldn't explain. And we're like, oh, it's, it's gotta be him. It's gotta be him. Um, and then it was confirmed by a psychic. Yeah, it, it is. And he's just making sure that everybody's good with, you know, he feels terrible for what he did. And he wants to make sure everyone forgives him. And once everyone in the family kind of, we actually got together and talked about it as a family. We're like, look, you know, as we were talking about it, five or six people in the family were having the exact same smells and, and, and things go on with them. So it's a little bit of a relief for the family to realize that this is going on with me, not just with them, but with all of us. Yeah. And we all just kind of sat there and gave forgiveness. And then it slowly kind of dissipated. Uh, but that followed us around for six months, really weird stuff. Uh, he was really good at getting our attention. Um, they were watching Ghost Hunters one day, and we were like, they were actually doing a a group investigation at the USS uh, Battleship North Carolina in Wilmington, where you could go down there and spend the night with the Ghost Hunters for $150. <laughs> and, and we looked it up, and I was like, man, that is so expensive for the two of us. That's mm -hmm. going to be like, that's like 300 bucks. Yeah. So we should just buy our own equipment and do it ourselves. And Lynn looked at me, and she's like, are you serious? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so we took that money, and we went out and bought our own gear, and we started going to uh, going to battlefields in, in and around Virginia and North Carolina and going to some of the smaller events and ghost tours and things like that. And it just it quickly uh, evolved. Um, we actually went to a very popular place here called Hanover Tavern in Hanover, Virginia. Um, it was an 18th century tavern. Uh, on the stage road um, that happened to have some ties to the Civil War as well as with George Washington um, and um, the uh, the Revolutionary War. Uh, we went on an investigation with Transcend Paranormal, uh, went home, reviewed all of our evidence, uh, sent it to the director, Steve Dills, um, 
and he was really impressed with with our captures. And he's like, "How would you guys like to uh, to go on another one, you know, kind of with the team and let's see what you got?" Awesome. Uh, and that was one of the first teams that we were actually invited to come on. Um, I think truly because of our, our of our style and technique um, and and the seriousness that we put around it. So, yeah. Uh, it all kicked off from there, and we've been doing it ever since. Awesome. I'm glad that you're um, that you were you had you guys had the wherewithal to to talk about your loved one together as a family, and that that like that you were able to kind of help him heal and and move on to where he didn't feel like he had to be trying to get everybody's attention all the time. Yeah, that's really great. Yeah, he liked having around, but well, he he's still to- there. Yeah, yeah, I think I think he is. I he's still he there. Is. He just doesn't feel like he needs to get your attention all the time because he knows that you guys are okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, my that medium's was, coming out. Uh, that, that, <laughs> that was just one of those special things that was, you know, uh, me and Liam weren't married at that time. We we, we were acquaintances. We were friends. Uh, we were going out every once in a while, but um, you know, then between the course of, of that event happening and the course of us moving to, from, from you know, Salem, Virginia, where we live, to Raleigh, North Carolina, um, he was wherever. Yeah. I mean, he would be in the cab of the truck with my uncle who drove for uh, I drove a tractor trailer. And he said he would sit in the truck with me, you know, for three hours all the way to Nashville. Yeah, and I knew he was there. I could smell him, and I was like, I can smell it too. And it's like, what does it smell like? And I said, it smells like this. And he says, that's exactly what I smell. And wow. the other one piped up and said, yeah, I smell it too. I mean, and then we all just kind of stared at one another, and we're like, oh, okay. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So Bree, Bree, Bree Marie, I believe he said he did not. He hasn't done any ghost hunting in Arizona, but he wants to. One day, he would like to go do some wild you west all ghost kinds, hunting. You have all kinds of you got invitations out to Arizona yeah. and Canada and all yep. kinds of places. Moonlight so Maggie wants you to get let that her know about money. Canada. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I look, we you know one of the good things about it is we you know we're so busy and gung ho right now, but you know what we're our approach to this is is a little different than than others. Uh, we're doing this. We we've been doing it, like I said, for 14 years. We've experienced a lot of things. Like, I don't know that there's much that could that we could experience and we could have happen and capture um, that would absolutely like have us go like this. Um, short of seeing an apparition come in front of us and say, "Hey, I'm a ghost," you know, and, <laughs> but we haven't got that yet. Yeah. But, um, we're just enjoying the ride. Like I said, we're going together to these locations mm-hmm. where she's like, Hey, do you want to go to this location? And I'm like, yes. And okay. And we'll rent it and we'll plan when we're going and we'll fly or travel or go and, and invite along people that want to come with us. And, um, you know, like I said, we just drove nine hours to, um, Ohio, uh, to go to, uh, Ohio state, uh, you know, reformatory. Um, eight hours up and back. So yeah. not many places. That's almost Canada. But yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, if you guys have any recommendations, I'll tell you right now. If you uh, look, go to Facebook, RVA Paranormal, hit mm-hmm. us up, send us a message. Let us know what you've got in your area because um, you know, we want to go. We want to travel. We want to experience everything we can look, right? I'm you know, I'm fifty. 
I, I want to go and do as much as I possibly can uh, while I still can get up and down the stairs. Yeah. So, give, me, give me a recommendation, sure. Frosty, are you putting the, the link in there for the Facebook? It is yes. up. And we also yes. put the links in earlier for the YouTube. I believe I still have it. Mine. Um, yes. So there is their YouTube channel uh, also where they have uh, Piercing the Veil kind of podcast stuff. And also um, they have recordings of live investigations and highlight reels of of EVPs and stuff. It's really cool. Really cool stuff on there. So go follow yeah, both. The YouTube's kind of young, so don't be surprised when you got there. We just started doing that. So. But you got, you still got, there's a lot of stuff on there. Yeah, and we, we, I we haven't been to... able to watch all of it yet, so clearly there's yeah. enough. Yeah. <laughs> we appreciate well, it. Yeah. That y'all could give us. We appreciate yeah. you watching as well. So what happened in Ohio? Well, okay. Um, so Ohio was, that's a big time. I was a big time bucket lister, right? Uh, we went up there with uh, uh, some great folks um, and investigated uh, the Ohio State Reformatory. Uh, a lot of people will associate that with um, a couple of movies that were shot there. Um, uh, Air Force One uh, was they had some scenes that were shot there from the Russian prison scenes, and probably it's most famous as uh, Shawshank Prison. Oh, uh, yeah. Shot there. Um, and boy, they embraced that. Um, but the prison is beautiful. Um, it's got six levels uh, of, of, of cells, cell blocks. Um, and the admin buildings were, were all the, the films were shot for Shawshank as well. But um, there was a lot. Uh, there's a lot there. Um, some of the great stories that went on there was there was actually a gentleman who was able to, to commit suicide. He somehow was able to get a flammable um, liquid into his cell and set himself on fire. Yeah. Um, with his uh, with his cellmate in there. Oh wow. Cell marked um, where everyone knows where it is, um, and of course we immediately ran up there. Um, to do that first and got some great responses um, that kind of related to not only the individual that did that, but others giving us information about what it was like for them to experience that. Oh, wow. Um, but uh, it, the chapel, um, and it, we're, we're, we're putting this together. There'll, there'll probably be a video here coming out in the next month or two on, on this as well on YouTube. But uh, they have an old chapel uh, that's, that's still intact there. And we were able to begin doing a REM pod interaction uh, with what we felt was a guard um, who had passed away, not there, but came back there because he felt he needed to be there to, to do his duty. Mm. Uh, and that that was an intriguing interaction um, because of the way that we were able to get it to respond with the REM pod on demand. Um, and, you know, we're looking forward to sharing that with everyone. But uh, the prison is beautiful. Uh, look, and I will say this, you know, and if anybody from, if anybody's watching that's been there or is interested in going, uh, they treat you like royalty. Oh, uh, nice. when, you, when you reserve the prison, you, all the snacks and drinks that they, that you want, 
are included. Wow. They order dinner for you. Um, it's delivered to the prison um, and provided to you. Um, and they're just they're willing to go out of the way to make sure that you have everything you need and any questions that you have are answered, which is something that we haven't really experienced anywhere else yeah. on that level. Um, yeah. But yeah, go check them out. Um, that that place is a, is a great place to go, and it's it, you know it's something it's big enough that you can share that with others and, that are interested in it. Yeah, um, and never run into the same person. We had six or seven teams in there, um, probably ten. 10 or 12 people and we hardly saw each other all night unless we really wanted to but when you get spread out in there you don't run into anyone yeah that's huge artsy fartsy said her husband's from mansfield ohio and his aunt was a prison guard there when it was open that's crazy yeah you know and and you know think about it i think it shut down in the 90s so there's still a lot of ties in with the town um with people that work there and people that actually were incarcerated there um and yeah. it started out it was you know it was a reformatory so there were just common you know horse thief pickpocket you know people here that the state was really trying to reform they were teaching them and, and giving them knowledge and and you know skills of, and trade so that they could get out of prison and go function in in uh in society uh and then it turned into a situation where overcrowding led it to begin housing some more maximum security mm, folks. Yeah. Um, and when you start throwing, you know, right, um, murderers and rapists in with pickpockets and, and you know, and, and car thieves, uh, it's not a good mix. Yeah. So a um, lot of good and lot. Of, it's a great place. I, I mean, if you, if you don't go to investigate, at least go up there and give it a tour. Sylvie said it sounds like her kind of place, but I think that was because they had snacks. Yeah. <laughs> I tell you what, it went from a it went from a four star to a five star with me on snacks. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so let's um reservations. Uh, let's play one of these EVPs that you have. Oh lord, Bree Marie's going to start cooking, so she's Bree Marie's always chat. cooking. Yes. Yeah. And Artsy Fartsy says Bobby has been there many times. He has, he has stories, stories to, to tell. tell. All right, Bobby, next time I see you, I want to uh, hear all the stories. Someone <laughs> asked if there's any good spots in Cali. And that, uh, the only thing that came to my mind I threw in chat was a cool place to go is Winchester Mystery House. But I don't know what if is you that? can do any there's investigations ship, there. The Queen Mary, right? Isn't it the Mary, ship? Mary, yeah. yeah. In San yeah. Diego. So yeah. in my opinion, in my experience so far, I mean, I don't think there's anywhere you can go where you can't look. I, I don't know if John will agree with me on this, but if you want to find evidence of the par paranormal, you don't have to go very far. I don't recommend anybody investigate their own house. And, and matter of fact, I would say don't investigate your own house. Um, Second. <laughs> but you can go almost almost anywhere I've tried. Me and me and meet him genuinely have done EVP sessions, we've gotten almost, not every time, but almost every time we've gotten EVP. And so that's one thing that's kept me, like when we first started doing this stuff was like doing it at our home. And I was like, man, what are we gonna do if we start getting crazy EVPs in our own house? So <laughs> don't investigate, go investigate your friend's house. Go, yeah. And <laughs> You guys, the spirit world is all right here with us. Yeah. It's just right there. So 
Like it, they're they're everywhere. And if you call, it's like the baseball field of dreams, right? If you if you call them, they're gonna come. You know, yeah. If you build it, they will come. If you call them, they're there. So you don't really have to really be anywhere. Which, I always challenge people. I was like, just walk up to anybody, walk up to your neighbors, walk up, ask them, say, hey, you got any ghost stories? Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, let me tell you. When I was a kid, blah blah blah, and they just tell you, mm-hmm. right? Everybody, I always say everybody's got a ghost story. Well, everybody's got a ghost story. They've experienced something in my mind. Um, yeah. And so I was growing up as a kid. I could tell you, um, I could tell you about things that I that occurred then while I was living in these houses were paranormal. I didn't know they were paranormal then. Yeah. But I do now. Mm-hmm. So I can honestly tell you, it's like you know, spirit is everywhere. I mean, you don't have to look real hard to find uh find spirit it might be a little more difficult to find spirit to to interact with you yeah um but literally you could walk down the street of williamsburg and, and you know step into an alley and go hey is anybody here <laughs> and probably get something yeah and of course That's you know different experience. locations have different residual stuff because of things that have happened there which is different than you know intelligent spirits like hanging out yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, so right, you sent us you two EVPs. I did. The first one that you sent us, the person says a name. Will you uh, kind of walk us through where this one took place and, and what was going on? Sure. Um, I believe, and of course, it seems like we've been trying to get this stream going for a while. Yeah, about three weeks, I think. I believe the one that I sent you was... Uh, um, from a place here local in Chesterfield County, uh, which is south of Richmond, at a plantation um, called the Magnolia Grange. Oh, yeah, I know where that is. That's our, that's our stomping grounds. Yeah. Our old stomping grounds. <laughs> wicked haunted, by the way. Wicked. It's wicked haunted. Wicked haunted. Um, <laughs> but this was a, th- we did an investigation there. It was kind of like a paranormal one-on-one thing that some friends of ours are putting on the inland wind. Um, and we were actually in uh, the front parlor um, with a medium, um, and she was picking up on a certain name uh, and said the name, and then got corrected. So, oh. um, what? And, and I'll kind of set this up for you. Is like, believe it or not, I was the only guy there. I know oh yeah. <laughs> there was me um, and five other. Uh, females, one of which was the psychic. Mm-hmm. And so when you keep that in mind, I was the only uh, male there. And okay. I know I didn't say it. Yeah. Because I, mean, I know what my name is. But. Yeah. All right. We're going to play it. All right, let me, I'm at, that way I can turn my volume. I got the name Daryl in my head. Oh, okay. Could you guys hear it? It's as loud as I can make it. Let's play it again. So it's a lady talking, and she says, I have this name in my head. I think she says Daryl. And then there's a whisper. So listen for the whisper at the end. That makes sense to this. I I got the name Daryl in my head. Okay. All right. What did you guys hear? Could you hear it? What did you hear? Tell us before we tell you. Put it in the chat. I'll play it again. That makes sense 
I got the name Daryl in yeah, my head. Yeah, put what you think it says in the chat. I heard nothing. Hear it very faintly. It's probably hard to hear. You might need some. Yeah. Where, who's got their headphones on? Yeah. Who's got some earbuds? Yeah. <laughs> Although right. I'll say, I think I was just listening to it through my phone or through my yeah. computer speakers, and I heard it. Okay. Yeah. Tiny Moonflower said, "Hey, I heard hey with a lot of whys. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. It's going to be hard to hear because like it's as loud as I can make it." On here, I'm gonna play it again. Here we go. That makes sense to the site. I got the name Daryl in my head. Oh, okay. Okay. Artsy Fartsy is the closest with I am Kane because he does say I'm something, but it's not Kane. I'm gonna play it again. Or this will be the last oh. time, and then we'll tell you what it says, and we'll play it again. So he says, I'm Dave. Dave, she was so close. It was a yeah. DA name. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Now now we'll play it back and listen. And yeah. I'm Dave. So listen for I'm Dave. I'm Dave. That makes sense to the site. I got the name Daryl in my head. I'm Dave, not Daryl. <laughs> you thought you, you guys thought he said he was in pain. No, he's just Dave. Yeah, which and, I and love. It's Dave, man. It's Dave, man. Dave's not home right now. <laughs> the more, more intriguing thing is, of course, she got the D part right. It started with a D, mm -hmm. and she was saying, you know, I, I, it, this is weird. I've got this name Daryl in my head. Um, and then it's, it's just, I don't know. I don't, I'm like, I want to ask and they start asking. It's like, why do y'all whisper all the time? Uh, I, but I it, feel it, like it's, um, it's like it has, it's almost like they're having to talk through some sort of layer of something because I have experienced one time a voice that I heard with my ears and that's what it was. It was like a whisper that sounded like they were talking through something like they were having to talk through the wall or something like that. And it's, yeah. it feels like that's why we hear it as a whisper, because it's like there's some court, some kind of density or something between the veil of whatever, you know, nobody knows what it is, but it's something that's like keeping their volume from being what it would be if they were just like with us completely, you know? Yeah, I think so. Or maybe it's just the way it comes over the recorder, of course. Now I've heard, you know, it, it's weird. I don't hear disembodied voices or AVPs as whispers. I, I can hear them as someone talking. Oh, and, you hear it. Yeah. Now, yeah. See, the only time I've ever heard it, it was a whisper like it like it is on the AVPs. Yeah. EVPs are, you know, who knows how it translates going over through a, a voice recorder. Yeah. Uh, but um, but yeah, so that one was, that one kind of freaked me out a little bit, especially because I was the only, only guy there. Yeah. So. It doesn't sound like you. You have a very clear accent. Dude did not have a Southern accent. <laughs> Number one rule of paranormal. Yeah. Don't whisper. Don't whisper. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. 
Brie Marie says it's, it's she hard heard. to break. When you yeah. first start investigating, you want to get dark and you want yeah. to you want to whisper to people because you want to make a lot of noise. And it's the worst thing you can do because then when you go back and listen to tape, yeah. everybody's whispering. Yeah. <laughs> Brie Marie said she heard a growl in her ear at her old house. Oh my goodness. Growls are always scary. I don't like growls. Yeah. No. Not at all. Gosh darn it, Dave, speak louder. <laughs> <laughs> and and that 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 location was unique because it was that's one of the only locations that I've ever actually been to that I've captured an, a full name. Yeah. I was able to research and to also provide to the historical society and they were able to validate. Oh, nice. So who was Dave? I don't know who Dave was. Um, but the interesting thing about Magnolia Grange was that it was a house that was, I don't know if it was a, like a boarding house or a halfway house or a stage stop, but there were people that would stay and go. So there was a mm -hmm. lot of traffic through that house. Um, so who knows who? who oh, Dave so was. Dave could have been anybody. I thought they had figured out who Dave was. Well, uh, no, no, it wasn't Dave. It was um, um, it was a it was a little girl. There's a room upstairs that uh, that they call the little girl's room. So mm -hmm. there's a little girl that stays in the room upstairs, um, and her name came across the recorder so clear um, that. I didn't even capture it the first time I listened to the audio. Mm -hmm. It sounded like somebody standing next to me. And I went back and listened to it again. And the only person standing next to me was Lynn. Mm -hmm. It wasn't Lynn. And I was like, and I called. I was like, was there anybody there signed in for this event that had the name Julia? Um, and they were like, no. Why do you ask? I was like, I got the name Julia McCoy. Oh, why you got and a last name too? Yeah. Wow. And, and I, I, I said, "Can you tell us your name?" And it said Julia McCoy. Wow. Uh, and wow. and <laughs> then when I said the name, she's like, "There's a McCoy Association here. Let me get back to you." And they were able to. She was just, she was a, a local girl, um, that visited the house, um. And was buried in uh, Dinwiddie County. Wow. Um, but died as an adult. But for whatever reason, she was a child there. Yeah. So, you know. Maybe it must have made an impact on her. Yeah, I'm Dave says <laughs> yeah. little girl, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm Dave says a little girl. <laughs> um, somebody yeah, had a good question. Right back around to what we were talking about earlier. <laughs> yeah. Bree wanted to know what kind of recorder you, that you use. Or no, linguist. Linguist asked, how did you even record that? Okay. Um, so I am a, I'm a bit of an audio-video freak, right? I think um, I focus more on audio than I focus on anything else from an investigation standpoint. And I always try to match it with video, um, just simply for the sheer fact that if somebody in the room says it, mm -hmm. I want to know that. I want to be able to dispel that or debunk it. Be like, yeah. oh, that this, that was this person. I can see their lips moving. Mm -hmm. But I also want to get the reaction to see if anyone physically heard uh, this. And it helps me associate uh, a disembodied voice or AVP over an EVP. Mm -hmm. um, I use several different recorders. Um, I've, got, uh, I've got this guy here which probably is going to look familiar to everyone. 
the Zoom H4n. Um, it's one of the, the ones that you'll see on television quite frequently. And this isn't a voice recorder. This is this is a mini recording studio. Uh, it's got four mic inputs um, and it's very versatile. Um, and the primary ones that I use are um, Olympus and Sony's. Um, and they're just, you know, they're your straight run of the mill, off the shelf, go to Best Buy recorders. Um, and I tell people all the time, and if, you know, if you go to our Facebook page, um, I've got one of the streams on there that's recorded that's, that we are actually going over all of the recorders that we use and why we use them. Um, so you can go check that out. But we have about eight to 10 different models that we might use on any given time. And the reason oh, wow. why we do is is just so that we um, can see if we can capture the same thing over multiple devices. Um, and surprisingly, no. Uh, what we capture on one device may not come up on another, which will kind of lead us into the fact that they are not necessarily transmitting or, or speaking in a uh, in something that you can hear, but they truly are interacting with the device itself. Mm -hmm. um, and it just depends on where you're at in the room and what device you're holding and what that device is, might be capable of. Um, we don't use uh, the DR60s or anything like that. I think it's crazy to go and spend, you know, two, three thousand dollars on a voice recorder um, when we use the Olympus and, and have, you know, just as good of uh, success with that. Yeah. Um, but just experiment. I tell people all the time, like, if you're wanting to get into the paranormal, um, don't buy this. Yeah. Um, this has noise canceling filters. It's wanting to, you know, do studio quality recording. So a lot of the, a lot of the ceiling and the floor is gone, and that's where you capture a lot of your EVPs. Uh, just, you know, Sony makes a good one. Um, Olympuses are good, you know, in that forty or fifty dollar range. I always look on Facebook uh, to see if we can uh, find some on marketplace. Yeah, or, hey, that's a good idea. I am and try them. If we don't like them, we're out ten bucks. Yeah. Uh, when we find something we like, we we then can start buying. Uh, as frequently as we can. And so then, just, you know, if you just want to try it out and, and see what happens, you can always use the recorder on your phone too without having to purchase anything. Every, pretty much everybody's yeah. phone's got some kind of voice recording thing. Right, yeah. yeah. And, and yeah, that's nothing to sneeze at. Like I mm -hmm. said, we started out, we were recording on iPhone 3s in, a, in Battlefield. Yeah. Using the voice for a function of that. If they want to interact with that device, they're going to do it. Yeah. Use what you got. And then if you feel yeah. like it's something you want to get into, you can start you know, upgrading and trying out different things. It's it's interesting because, you know, there's been debates about EVPs. Uh, I don't know if you remember, uh, we're, we're similar age anyway. I don't know if you remember, there used to be a uh, a guy who has a radio show called Art Bell. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so I, listened, I started listening to Art Bell when I was in high school. And when I got out, I worked graveyard security shifts. So like Art Bell was like my go-to for that. And he used to have a group on that did EVPs. And at this time, we were just converting from analog to digital. And I remember a conversation they had about they like refused to switch to digital because they were they were pretty confident that digital wouldn't pick up EVPs. So they kept doing tapes. And then finally, one night on their investigation, they did a digital and they were like, we were completely wrong. We actually got more EVPs with our digital <laughs> than we did with our with our analog stuff. So 
Yeah. I mean, just about anything you can go out there and use and pick. I think you might be surprised how quick you get some. Nabnia, I'm I'm not sure if there's um a a list with links, but here's a link to one of John's videos where he goes through his bag of paranormal goodies. Um, Excellent. Yeah, yeah, awesome. One of his YouTube videos. But John, do you know uh, if there's any specific place that would have uh, a list with links where you could go purchase something? Do you know of something like that? Um, uh, you know, the, there's there's lists that 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 people have developed over over time. Um, I will um, I'll try to uh, I'll tell you what I'll do. I will um, I'll get Lynn to bring up. Uh, the Olympus that we that we commonly use, um, but like I said, on uh, on our page, on our Facebook page, we did uh, a live stream. It might be on YouTube as well. Um, that specifically we focused on going over all the voice recorders that we have um, with video, um, where we explained what they are, you know, price range, what we like about them, how to set them up, um, best settings for that. Um, but again, like I said, it's there's no magic to the recorder. Um, and I always tell people, it's like, you know, any, like any recorder will capture it. Um, we've, yeah. we've recently started playing around with the idea of using uh, the old, like 1980s uh, cassette recorders mm -hmm. with, the, with the mic plugged into it, you know, uh, and recording on the old magnetic tape. Um, but, you know, if, the, the like I said, the two most important things are to make sure you have a uh, you can control the noise canceling and the and the and the cut filter on the devices themselves, so that you can you're you're able to to record the full spectrum of of what that recorder is capable of doing, and getting into the the low enough uh, frequency to where you can you can capture these EVPs. Well, good, you know, and, and, good information. And just just kind of bring along here when we, uh, with him talking about what devices you can use. I mean, uh, Thomas Edison, you know, was pretty confident that he was capturing or finding a way to communicate with the dead with the record player and uh, all those kind of his inventions mm -hmm. uh, in the 1800s. Uh, so, I mean, it seems like ever since human beings have had the ability to start recording sound there's been kind of like hey where are these voices coming from phenomena happening it's it's always been there so yeah so looking at chat a little bit um i think it was linguistic said something about setting up uh setting up a recorder and just kind of letting it run for 24 hours you could do that uh but remember whatever you record you have to go back and listen to yeah do you want to listen to 24 hours of <laughs> <laughs> I, I tell you what Yes. Yes, you do. You do. Uh, <laughs> you've got the time, and especially if you're if you're starting out. So what, when we used to go on investigations, we would our carry static recorders, and of course, this is why we have such a collection of recorders. Is that we would we place static recorders everywhere, and leave them locked up overnight. Um, so then you have to think about it. You're going back and you're listening to five or six hours of the investigation audio mm -hmm. and then another four or five hours of dead air where... <laughs> oh here we go thanks uh, lynn <laughs> of dead air. but i will say this you can you can browse through 
five or you know five or six hours of a static recorder in an empty building very quickly because the EVPs are uh, very easy to pick out. Uh, yeah. You can actually see in the spectrum where you capture a noise, but the doors opening and closing and the footsteps are amazing whenever you have a completely controlled environment. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I guess if you're able to look at, you know, the, the sound waves on the screen and see exactly where there is a noise, you don't yeah. have to actually listen to 24 hours. <laughs> exactly. And, and again, and that's something important too. Yeah. Is I always tell we have people come up all the time and say, we never capture anything. And I'm like, you talk all the time, you know, control your environment. Shut up. The quieter you are, the louder they what I tell people. Uh, John's yeah. best advice of the evening. Shut uh, up so that you can hear the ghosts. It's really good advice. But no, control your environment. Especially when you're doing an EDP session. Yeah. Control it. Like you'll be you'll be amazed what you'll hear. Um, and there will not be any questions about what you capture when you do. Mm -hmm. uh, Lynn Excellent. was gracious enough to bring in uh, uh, what our our kind of go-to recorder uh, and the one that we recommend to everyone. Uh, this is an Olympus uh, VN7200. I'll put it in the chat. Uh, VN7200. This is a great recorder. <clears throat> uh, Lynn actually discovered this. Uh, she bought one, and it's one of these trial and error things. Um, she bought one, we tried it, we had great success with it. Um, and now every time we see one on sale, we, we buy it. Awesome. Um, it is fantastic. It's good, clear, crisp audio. And for whatever reason, um, we capture great EVPs with this. And it's not going to bankrupt you. You can buy them new for around 40 to 60 bucks. No, that's not bad at um, all. You can pick them up used on eBay for like 10 to 20. Um, and they're disposable. Like we, we, we've been using them so long that they break. You just, and get another one. I mean, yeah. you know, it's not like you're, you're, you know, you're throwing out a $200 recorder. This is just a, you know, uh, uh, a very available device. Uh, Tiny Moon, it is. An Olympus uh, digital voice recorder VN seven two zero zero. And then Bree asked if you've ever gone live while ghost hunting. I know the answer to that. Yes, they have because they <laughs> yeah. put them up on YouTube. I know at least because I've watched one at the Belgrave Plantation. Yes, we we have, and and we and then we stopped, and then we did it, and then we stopped. Yeah, um, and it's hard because. It's like Twitch, right? Mm -hmm. To be successful, you have to engage with your audience. You have yeah. to engage with that, right? Um, when you're investigating, it kind of goes back to the shut up thing. Yeah. <laughs> so we had we had good success early on with it, and but people were getting mad at us because we wouldn't respond to oh, it. Oh yeah. <laughs> Investigating. I can't talk to you while we're investigating. Um, Chat. Come on now. <laughs> I know people. I know people love it. And I told Lynn the other day. I was like, we have to figure out a way. We have to figure out a way. So I think we did. I think you know, it's going to cost us money. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. It always does. Yeah. <laughs> when we can go to some of these locations where we do, and, and what we've started doing is. One night is simply not enough. And I understand if it's costing you 1200 bucks to rent a location for a night. You have to get in and get out. 
I'm not going live at a place I'm paying that kind of money for. Yeah. But there are plenty of places out there where you can, they'll cut you a break. Like if you get two nights in a row, they're kind of like, you know, buy one, get one half off. So uh, Mansfield, um, well, not Mansfield, Madison. We went to Madison Seminary. um, And um, Adam Kimmel, who owns Madison and Fairfield, is a great guy. And he's got two very haunted active locations in Ohio, um, Fairfield and Madison. Um, we got we got those places like two nights for 500 bucks. It's not like, bad. We went on a Saturday and Sunday. And Sunday's kind of like, you know, nobody rents it on a Sunday, so he just wants to get people in there. Mm-hmm. We're going to start kind of going into these places that we can go into two nights. Do one night of filming investigating and then the next night's just going to be kind of a chill go live walk around kind of you know yeah engage people with it so we haven't given up on it completely it's just you know the logistics of it are hard a it's very hard to stream when your camera doesn't do ir night vision oh <laughs> yeah all people are doing are looking at a a black yeah screen which nobody wants to do trust me and i, I recognize that and I, I always tell them it's like anything i do like that i want to do quality mm-hmm. i want to do it you know enjoyable and do quality and put something good out there that people enjoy so yeah. we're working on it yeah um, i've got a i've got a camera now that will actually let me uh live stream um from the device as long as i got wi-fi so we're going to start playing around with that a little bit more and hopefully be able to bring some more of that yeah, it's all about tweaking and trying different things and figuring out what ha- you know what works and what doesn't. I'm still trying. I'm still doing that with Twitch. <laughs> what works yeah. and what doesn't. There's the kitty. We're always upgrading technology. There's a kitty yeah. tail. <laughs> kitty <laughs> time. Um, he likes to be Tiny, on Tiny Moonflower said uh, you have to have a home base, and that that home base reminded me of uh, Phasmophobia. Oh, yeah. So you. You, you need, need the, a van guy. You need the van guy. <laughs> so I'm being the van guy. Frostshine will be the van guy for you. <laughs> I told Lynn, I was like, all the time, I was like, you know how much money we'd save if we had an RV on hotel rooms? Yeah. I mean, she ain't buying it. <laughs> not, yet, not yet. You can have like a whole little command center in there. Yeah. You'd be good to go. You keep, wor- have- keep working on her, John. She'll get there eventually. And then people like me can stay in there and watch for orbs. Yeah. I'm looking for orbs. Hey, you guys go investigate. <laughs> I'll watch the cameras. Yeah. <laughs> home bases are very important. And she actually brings up a good point. When you go to these places, set up a home base, set up yeah. a location with the lights on that you can go to. And and if you start feeling uncomfortable um, or mood starts to change, which are all things that you kind of have to keep an eye on, not just for yourself, but others as well. And hopefully they're looking out for you. But there have been several times that I've had to walk out of a room, leave a building, and just go somewhere and just kind of ground yourself and center, take a deep breath before you go back in, kind of removing yourself from a situation. And having a base camp or home base set up somewhere in the building that you're not investigating is always important. Yeah. yeah. Excellent. So we have another EVP to play. All right. All right. And yeah. do you remember the one that you sent us? You maybe, maybe <laughs> it's something with feathers that will, oh. uh, yes. Yeah. So, set that one up for us. All right, 
I, I, I'll tell you everything I can. Okay. So this, this was a private. So we're under a non-disclosure with Oh, yeah. Home. Only tell us what you can then. Um, but I can tell you that this was a plantation okay. that was built in, 17, I want to say it's like 1737-ish. Um, never been investigated before. It was a public house. Um, and the people that owned it uh, were, they knew some stuff was going on, but they were skeptical. Um, but there was a hole in the basement. <laughs> so when they moved in, uh, they used to have a root cellar in the mm -hmm. basement where they would store goods. The root cellar was, was filled in and covered up. And an attempt to kind of get it back to the way it was in the early 18th century, they decided to dig out the root cellar. And as they started going through the layers, they found like the old paver floor uh, from when the root cellar was, you know, filled in and, and it became the uh, the winter kitchen mm -hmm. and, and servant quarters. They dug all that up and then they continued to dig down the walls of this root cellar. So what they ultimately ended up with was a giant hole in their basement. Um, and one of the people that we were with brought a... Uh, a dream catcher uh, that she had purchased and um, simply asked the question, you know, what color are the feathers on the dream catcher is what she, what she essentially asked. Um, and then we captured that EVP, actually we captured that EVP on this recorder I shared with you. Oh, earlier. in the Olympus. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to play it. All right. Could you please tell me what kind of feathers they are? Okay. Okay. All right, could you guys hear it? I'm going to play it again. So the lady asks, could you tell me what kind of feathers they are? And then there's a voice. Could you please tell me what kind of feathers they are? Okay, we got blue, black, green, black. I'm gonna do it again. Could you please tell me what kind of feathers they are? Okay. 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 It, it does say a color, so you guys are on the right track here. <laughs> it says black. People who said black. Uh, uh, artsy's on it, man. Yeah. Yeah. Little Wayne so, Artsy. Black. So let's play it one more time now that you know that it says black so you can hear it. Could you please tell me what kind of feathers? It does. It it actually <laughs> says black feathers. Yes. The, fe <laughs> the black is very distinct and the feathers is a little quieter. All right, so listen to it again. They are? Black, black feathers. It's so cool. Yeah. Now, that location um, is probably one of the most haunted locations that I've ever been to. Wow. Um, and the amount of evidence we set up a review a reveal with the homeowners 
Um, and the, the, the man of the house, the gentleman sat back at the end of the, uh, at the end of the investigation and was like, I can't believe it. I, I can't believe it. I mean, we got everything from, we got children laughing. Mm -hmm. Um, and the, probably the craziest thing, and, and I wanted to send this to you so bad, it just wasn't loud enough to be able to, for it to actually translate on, on the stream, was we, the, the homeowner was sitting on the couch in the piano room, and I was sitting at the piano bench, and um, uh, John Sullivan with uh, Fredericksburg Paranormal Research and Investigation was, was sitting in the chair, and the gentleman said, why don't you come sit on the couch beside me? And we got an EVP of a male voice saying, I already did. Oh! <laughs> and, and I played that back for him, and you could just see the color drain from this homeowner's face. Um, and he was, he had a job uh, with an organization that had three letters in it. And that's all I'll say. Okay. Gotcha. And, and he's like, did you mess with these? And I'm like, no. As a matter of fact, here's a thumb drive with all the evidence. You take this to work with you and do your thing. <laughs> um, and he was absolutely flabbergasted at the amount of stuff that we captured in that house. Wow. And none of it was bad. None yeah. of it was, was malicious or ill intent. He did, he knew something was there. I mean, he called us. It was just one of those situations where they're so in, they were so intelligent, and it's almost like they wanted for so long for someone to come and and talk to them and to tell them how much they loved this this house and how they had preserved it and restored it back to the way it was. And and they took full advantage of sharing and, and answering questions for them and for us. And she was a little more like, I don't like what's going on here. But by the time that we had left, she was much more comfortable knowing that, you know, the spirit that was there was there and has been there for hundreds and hundreds of years. And they yeah. weren't going anywhere and they were completely happy that they were there as well. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, that place was... Eh, <laughs> Sounds pretty mm. cool. How, uh, just out of curiosity, how how many EVPs do you have like saved up? Do you think? So you'd have to kind of classify them. Um, they they typically classify EVP into three classes. There's a class A, a class B, and a class C. Um, a class A EVP is one that we're. I could play it for you, and we're all going to agree that it says the exact same thing. Mm -hmm. There is no question what what's being said. Um, the The black feathers was probably a high B, um, simply because I mean people in chat did get it, but some some didn't. Mm -hmm. um, and I really kind of I'm really kind of strict on the class A classification. So if I play you something and you tell me exactly what I think I heard and everyone that I've asked up to this point, uh, if you took a poll, uh, would know exactly and say it says the same thing. Class B is that you can make it out. Uh, some people hear other things, but they're all pretty close to 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 what's being said. 
Class C is simply your noises that you can't explain or words that you know that they're words. You can hear the syllables, but you cannot for the life of you make it out what it is. It's yeah. Just, We've gotten some of those. Uh, <laughs> yeah, something there. There's but something, yeah. but you just can't tell what it is. I, I would say yeah, I probably have over 100 Class B EVPs. Um, and because of, because of the scrutiny I put through a Class A, I've probably got maybe 15 or 20. That's still oh, really wow. good. That's yeah. that's really interesting because yeah. I feel like, especially from Bernie Marie here, we have. Uh, <laughs> I think people might want an EVP night. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, All right, John, so you're you gonna can... have to come back and just knock them out and do EVP after you can, EVP. You can do it again. Like I said, I, I mean, a lot of the class Bs are really great, and I love to have fun with those because people can understand that they're saying something. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm Dave was a, I'm Dave was a, was a, to me, that was a B. It was almost, it was a B plus plus. Yeah. Um, but a lot of the Bs that I have are just that. And like I said, I've, I've got tons of those and we could sit here and play EVPs all night and people could speculate and tell us what they hear. Um, but like I said, the class A's are the, are the ones that, that, you know, that are special. Yeah, I mean, those are the ones that, that you really know that there's something there. You understand what they say. You know, the little girl saying, I'm Julia McCoy, you know, A. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, we, we could certainly, I could play, I could play tons and tons and tons. Well, I won't, I won't put you on the spot, but we'll talk about it later. We have spooky season right around the corner. Yeah. So that could be a, that could be a fun night. Mm-hmm. And I think, uh... <laughs> yeah, I think what I probably have to do is just bundle a bunch of stuff to you guys and send it to you and let you decide what you want to play or not. Yeah, and I even have. Let me know, like, if you. I have a bunch of recording software for like, uh, for like playing for recording music. So if like we need to up levels and stuff, we can. But yeah, we can talk about that later. But yeah, um, and yeah, that, that's really interesting. Nothing that y'all played tonight, by the way, was enhanced or changed anyway. That's the raw. Okay, and that's important raw. to know. Yeah, and and a lot of times when I've heard them, people do shows like this before with EVPs, they'll play the raw. Like, this is the way it came out the recorder. Mm-hmm. And then they'll have, like, just the EVP. Like, they'll just take the levels up. And then you can hear it with the levels up as well. Um, so, but, yeah, I, I think that'd be really awesome. And I, you know, I can see how some people would say, hey, an A, a class A, a you know, EVP, everyone can agree on it. But I think, you know, there's, like you said, I think there's uh, the the Bs and Cs even. Because even if you can't agree with what it's saying, I think you can still agree in the fact that, Somebody's saying something. Uh-huh. That's a human voice that shouldn't yeah. be there making a noise it shouldn't be making. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. and they are. But like I said, it's it, it's important, you know, like I said, I geek out on audio video. It's important to me. I want people to hear what comes off that recorder. Now, if they want to take it and run it through analysis and do all this to to clear to clear it up, I, you know, people are welcome to do that. Um, but the evidence that I'm put out. Yeah, I, I do not want it tampered with in any way. And, and you know, it's something it's really hard to deal with as a paranormal investigator is the amount of times people call you a fake. One hundred percent. You know, yeah. you're fake. This. There's no way you're fake. Fake. Yeah. And I was like, brother, it doesn't take three thousand dollars worth of paranormal investigating equipment to fake something. Yeah. No. <laughs> right? Look at what I've got. I mean, either I'm nuts. Or you're nuts yeah. because there's no way I'm, I'm <laughs> buying all the equipment and recorders and 4K cameras and you know $300 uh, 
uh, recorders go out here and and fake something that I could probably do on my phone. Yeah, you know, yeah for sure. You're out of your mind. So yeah, yeah. You know, but but at the same time, I want the evidence that that RVA Paranormal is putting out, and that's why we don't put out a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, is because when you put something out like that, it's like UFO footage or Bigfoot footage. If, yeah. Even if somebody does capture a Bigfoot or UFO, and it is groundbreaking evidence that there is 100% proof that these things exist, mm-hmm. you put it out to the community, they will destroy you. Yeah. <laughs> just yeah. because, yeah. just because, you know, they don't believe it or they don't want to believe it or they think it's faked. So, very, I'm very cautious about what I put out. Um, but I do, I do as well want to share, you know, what we do capture. Well, I think, Um, I I think, you know, for your credibility, I mean, I think that's the best thing you can do. Um, because if you don't have credibility in that field, then, then you don't have anything. So just releasing that raw footage and, and everyone kind of knowing that that person has, and you know, with the ghost shows that come on now, there's, there's shows that have credibility and there's shows that don't have credibility and, and stuff like that. And if you lose your credibility, what else do you have left? I mean, I've watched videos of UFOs landing in New York, and it looks like as real as you could possibly make it. And it's just some guy at home with some video editing software making like a a Hollywood level, you know, UFO movie. So um, you have to kind of know that the per- the person that you're getting the information from is legit and is out there to release mm-hmm. real evidence. You know, yeah. is actually investigating it for the right reasons. Yeah, and you know, it's one of the like I said, it's tough to swallow, but it's one of the things that me and Land have kind of learned to combat because we always tell people it's like when we put something out, we're like, this is what we captured. You can, I'm not trying to prove to anyone, and I never will try to prove to anyone one way or the other that paranormal exists. Yeah, or, or that ghosts exist. I'm more of a this is what we captured. You decide. You make the call what you think it is. I'm not going to try to change your mind, but certainly don't try to change your mind. Like, um, and especially when you're doing things like YouTube, like that, the Battleship North Carolina video that we put out, there was a lot of things that were going on during that investigation, sounds and things like that. Um, and I always just tell people what I, what I think it is. It sounded like a bulkhead door, or did you hear that whistle? And, and things like that. And and not to try to say, oh, yeah, that was 100% a ghost. I mean, yeah. you know, because, you know, one of the things that we want to do is people, I, I want to capture when we do when we do these videos and recordings, Lynn and myself or whoever we're with's raw reaction. And I think that that's what's important is how are we reacting to what's going on around mm-hmm. us? We'll, we'll share it if that is genuine. And And we've all seen like the, the UFO footage with the guys in the front yard with this camera and he's recording this massive ship like 20 feet off the ground coming towards the house and he's oh my oh my gosh look at that that's incredible <laughs> no that was happening he would be shitting his pants right <laughs> with the camera facing behind him to try to capture what was going on yeah but you know so you can kind of between what's fake and what's not simply by the the the, the reaction uh, and that's mm-hmm. kind of what I try to capture as as well. Not just the evidence, but my reaction to hearing that playback. Yeah. 
All right, so we have some chat questions. All One right. from Tiny Moonflower. What are growls considered? Um, <laughs> that's that's a good question, and it's a tough one to answer. Why uh, the hell are spirits growling at people? What the hell's going on there? Well, <laughs> that's something we kind of haven't gotten in tonight. And we we yeah. delved into it a little bit with the children, but <laughs> I guess kind of I'm going to lead Tiny Moonflower's question here a little bit and like and kind of add in there. Do you think you've ever investigated and found evidence for something that wasn't maybe just what we would consider a ghost or, or a deceased person? From something uh, of a... Uh, okay. Um, so growls. Um, it can be something that is ill-tempered. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there's an old saying, and I, I guess I never cleared if, if, if uh, cuss words were allowed. But this one isn't really bad, but go for asshole, it. Asshole in life, asshole in death. Yep. Mm-hmm. If you were just an ornery, mean person in life, mm-hmm. you're probably going to be an ornery and mean person in death. Yes. But that doesn't mean you're a, de- a demon, right? No, just means you're an and, asshole. <laughs> let's say this. So let's say that you go to a location where they have been asked a hundred thousand times what their name is, mm-hmm. and he goes, uh, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> that question again. Oh, Not this again. Yeah. You know, um, and then they're like, "Oh, it ground us," and said, "Oh my god." You know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's true. It could be that. It could be. I mean, it could just be that they don't want you around and, you know, oh, I'm going to, you know, pull the old Casper thing and I'm going to try to scare them out of here. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. I think that that's probably going to be one of the questions. And you ask yourself this is if somebody is sitting there in your face asking you the same questions over and over and over again, mm-hmm. are you going to get frustrated? Are you yeah. going to want to? And, and maybe that's just a way for them to do that. Uh, you know, investigation, not interrogation is is you know wise words yeah don't go into investigations asking the same thing how old are you what's your name mm-hmm. how's the sky how did you die you know treat them as you would want to be treated in life and they're liable to interact with you the same as mm-hmm. we're in, we're talking tonight they're Just still a person yeah um we get much much more responses that way mm-hmm. um as far as the you know, the elephant in the room that you said, you know, demonic. Um, there's only been one situation that I've been in uh, where I felt like I was dealing with something that was simply not good. Um, and it was in no way, shape, or form attacking us. I just knew that it wasn't something that we wanted to deal with. And it was at a location that we investigated several times, and this had never happened before. Um, I feel like it was brought in by someone. And we, we, I mean, we chased it. We really did. And I will tell you right now, the, the sulfur smell, the, the brimstone smell that everybody associates with that is 100% a real thing. Yeah. Um, but it's a little bit different than... Somebody cutting wind. <laughs> it's not a fart smell. <laughs> it is not a fart smell. Um, and 
it, you know, it started off kind of like that. And I don't know that you could say, like, have you ever been to Florida in the summer after a rainstorm and sulfur <laughs> coming out of the ground? <laughs> it's kind of like that yeah. magnified 10 times. And oh, yuck. I tell people all the time, I was like, this This was if you were to strike a match and blow it out and then go, Shh. Yeah. Right? It was tinging. It was so potent. And it was there, and then it was gone. And then you'd walk up the stairs, and there it was again. And it was, it was irritating. And it would dissipate. And we followed this all the way through the building to a door that it was behind. And... We were in, you know, one of the investigators walked up and was like, boom, boom, are you in there? And we got back mm. from a locked door. And I wow. was like, yeah, we just need to, uh, we need to just let this go its way and we need to go our way. Yeah. You know? um, but I always tell people, I was like, trust me, if, if, if there is a demon messing with you, he's not going to talk to you through EVP. Like, yeah. You're going to know it. They do their their intention is not to mess with you in that type of way. Their intention is to mess with you on an emotional level. And they're going to yes. tear at your psyche, at your feelings, at your mind, at your emotions. Um, and they don't want you to know what they're doing. And mm, yes. they want to do what they're doing until they get to the third stage of possession at which point you're calling the old priest and a young priest. Which is the um, kind of the thing with the child's voices earlier. It's like there's like kind of this whole like it not wanting you to know what it really is before. And I, I hope I, I, I even I almost didn't even want to ask the question because that stuff be, has become so sensationalized. And I know in a lot of circles, like it's like everything's a demon. Everything you get is a demon. And it just becomes every, you know, Every uh -huh. investigation, every voice you hear is a demon, and I don't want to get on that path. But um, it is something I think that I'm always curious to hear about. Like, have you had that kind of experience, you know, yet to to just to get your story yeah. from it? So, I mean, one time, and 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 again, like I said, I didn't hang around long enough to to find out what it was. Yeah, I mean, because like that's one of those situations where I felt like this is not to be messed with. Yeah. And I'm not going to this. And, and, you know, you need to know what you're prepared to do and what you're not prepared to do when you go into these investigations and you need to, you know, you need to stick to your guns where if you get into a situation that that's the first thing that they'll look for is weakness. Mm -hmm. Right. If you go in and you're scared and you're weak, they'll expose that. Um, I firmly believe that. Yeah. Um, I, I've had two I've had two experiences, John, and I won't talk about them tonight. Maybe if we do another show down the road, I, I can uh, I can tell you my stories. But yeah, in both of those experiences I've had, neither of them would I say was at a time I wanted to try to break out an EVP session. It was a get the hell, <laughs> yeah. get the hell out of this place <laughs> moment. So yeah, yeah. If, if they want to get you, they're going to get you, um, and. You know, your 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 emotions and your senses and your gut, you know, is uh is is your best tool. Like don't hang around if something's telling you to leave, you should probably leave. And don't poke the bear. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, but also hold it to a higher understanding that um 
they're not going to interact with you through you know recordings and play nice with you and pretend like they're something they're not they're going to follow you they're going to they're going to find your weaknesses they're going to they're going to they're going to affect you in a way that affects you and everyone around you uh and then they're going to make you uh you know depressed angry voices in your head you know kill your dog type stuff right yeah. i mean <laughs> It's okay. going to drive you to that, and and that's not something that happens overnight. That's something that progresses over time. And it, it yes, really, it didn't eat at you, um, but don't put yourself in that situation. Um, and always keep your wits about you, and always always keep an eye on on the people that you're with because, you know, you're their eyes as much as they're your eyes, and, mm-hmm. and been called out plenty of times where they're like you're acting yourself, and then like light bulb and it's like you know what you're right i'm not acting like myself i think i'm just going to step away and, and go outside yeah. or remove myself from this um but yeah so it is it's thrown around it's it's thrown around a lot unnecessarily and it scares a lot of people and yeah i always tell people i was like before you go throwing that word out you better make darn sure you know what you're doing especially as you're dealing with a private case where someone scared to death asks you to come into your house and the first word out of your mouth is that there's a demon here yeah you're not helping anyone no point. no no yeah so, it's gonna make it worse yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah well that, that's what i was saying that's like one of those things I, I almost hesitate to ask but at the same time it is an interest so it's just like something is like i want to get the information without like turning it and you know having to have a whole conversation yeah 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 Brie um, wanted to know if you have an SLS camera that makes the stick figures. I do. Yeah, yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. Do you guys get stuff on there? Um, not as much as others. Yeah. Uh, but again, um, common sense when you're using that device. Mm-hmm. It uses a, you know, it uses a, a Kinect camera from an Xbox, um, and. When the first thing you do is when you, you know, there's a lot of gamers out here. First thing you do, <laughs> you take open your Xbox and you hook your connect to it is you got to calibrate it to the room. Yeah. And every time you unhook it and you hook it back up, guess what? You got to calibrate it to the room. Mm. And now you're walking around with this thing on a stick, moving it around the room. Yeah. And it's designed to map on anything. So we do use it, but we calibrate it to the room. And then we use it as a static device. Yeah, I leave it still. That makes sense. And, and record. So once it's calibrated the room, we know if it maps on something that there's a better chance that it actually is something that's that's trying to uh, you know make itself known through the camera or mass, mm-hmm. um, and not something where you're you're spinning around and it sees the vacuum. And yeah. <laughs> so, but again, it's like I, I don't dog any equipment. Yeah. Uh, you will never hear me say that this is this is crap, and it shouldn't even be used. And da da da. I'm always take the the posture of paranormal. We in paranormal investigate. It, it's fun. We should have fun. We should take it seriously. But I'm not the one to tell you what. What what equipment is good and what equipment is bad? Yeah. If you love an SLS camera, use an SLS camera. Um, scrutinize it. Uh, try to use it correctly. Um, you know, 
from a, and I say correctly, from a calibration standpoint, try using it as a static device every once in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, you know, as opposed to walking around with it. Um, same thing with, uh, you know, with the spirit boxes and, and things like that. Um, you, you, you know, you know what, it, you know, you know what it is and what it isn't. So, but yeah, we've, we've got one cool. and it's sitting right over there. <laughs> Sylvie wanted to know if a spirit's ever turned the tables and started interrogating you instead. Uh, that's a good one. Been asked any questions? <laughs> yeah. Um, I've been asked, who are you? Oh, yeah. And uh, I've been asked, why, you're, why are you here? Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Um, but that, that's about the extent of it. Yeah. Because um, one of the things that I always do is I always ask them, do you have a, you have a question or do you have a message for me at, at the end of these sessions? And it, it's pretty cool some of the things that, that you'll get, like, why are you? Who are you? Yeah. Even are you such and such? Oh. Or where are you? And, and that's one of the things that people are kind of turning out now is like, uh, you know, one of the questions that we often ask are, are they haunting us or are we haunting them? Yeah. Like that so, movie. Mm-hmm. What's the movie? Nicole Kidman. Yes. Uh, yeah. The others. The others. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, but we're listening and trying to see them. Are they doing the same back? Like, are they in their world going like, where happened that? Yeah. That voice. Yeah. Who the heck is that? <laughs> Who the hell is this John guy? <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah, so, yeah, I have been I've been asked who am I and things like that. So uh let's see. Linguists asked, what do y'all think about exorcisms? Um That's well, a I'm whole topic on itself right there. Yeah. <laughs> Lynn, Lynn and myself are Catholic. So um, Catholicism is one of those one of the the few uh, religions that actually believes uh, in in exorcisms. Yeah. Um, so much the fact that you uh, have to be an ordained priest who specializes in exorcisms in order to do one. Mm-hmm. Can't be any priest off the street. Um, but I believe that there are. Things in this world, as we talked about earlier, that that sometimes need to be kept into check. Um, and I, I, you know, I believe it, that it's not as common as as a lot think. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, the Catholic Church has a lot of strict beliefs around um, demons and exorcisms. Um, you know, one of those is, you know, something an object can't be possessed that an object can't be unless it has a soul it cannot be possessed so we hear a lot of things about demons on dolls demons and things the catholic church believes that that's impossible mm-hmm. good example of that is the hints um where they're where ed lorraine warren mm-hmm. performed an exorcism a failed exorcism um the actually there was two and they said the first one i believe Daniel told me correctly was the first one was a blessing of the house, which failed. The second one was an exorcism, 
of a house, which the Catholic Church was reluctant to do because of the fact that a house has no soul. There's no way it could possibly be possessed by a demonic soul. But they did it anyway. So maybe that's why it failed, um, or why they say it failed. Uh, the church might have listed it as, as failing or not. But I do believe that there are, that attachments can occur, and they can be blessed away. Uh, it may not take a full um, exorcism. Mm -hmm. If it gets to that point, I believe you're in stage three, and it's, you know, you, you better call your loved ones type thing because, you know, shit's about to get real. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, you know, blessings, saging, things like that uh, to relieve attachments, grounding um, for, for spiritual attachments. If, if you believe that, then you, you have to kind of in the back of your mind believe that it is possible that demons do exist um, and they are not a force to be dealt with. Yeah. Um, that's interesting. Uh, you hit on a couple things, a couple things there that go all the way back to my, my high school days. One, once again, bringing up uh, old Art Bell and his interview, a couple interviews he did with, I don't know if you're familiar with this uh, person, uh, he's deceased now, but uh, Father Malachi Martin, mm -hmm. um, who I thought was uh, probably a, a, the preeminent <laughs> Uh, one of the preeminent uh, uh, specialists on on exorcisms, and of course, his connection to the Catholic Church. And um, I th he described that stage three that you're talking about as like being perfectly possessed, where people were possessed, but they were no longer showing signs of being possessed because they had been completely taken over. Mm, um, thanks. Uh, and and of course, he has a connection to the original story that kind of turned into the movie The Exorcist. Um, so yeah, that was interesting when you when you talked about that part, and then um, oh, Ed and Lorraine Warren, mm -hmm. who I started reading some of their books when I was in high school, and of course they're famous, really famous now from all the the Conjuring movies. Yeah, but yeah, I mean they had, I mean, yeah, well, and that brings like Annabelle and all that stuff. Like, can Annabelle be possessed if it's a inanimate object if it doesn't have a soul? Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's interesting things uh, that we could talk about for sure. Yeah, so I believe things can be. I think things can attach to objects. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean that they're demonic. Yeah, you know, it, it. Like I said, it doesn't need to be nice to to. Yeah. You know. So and and it's like I said, it's important to also know your boundaries. And I said that I said this earlier. Is like if I walk into somewhere and they say I've got a demon, be like I'm not your guy. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, I will try to, I will try to either, you know, to tell you it's not, but if, if I sense that, yes, you do, I'm not going to be able to help you past that point that that's out of my range, yeah. you know? Well, uh, and I tell people all the time for privates because, you know, we almost got to the point to where we stopped doing private investigations because the next thing you know, mm -hmm. you do it and you're like, yeah, you've got some stuff going on here. It's like, well, I want it out. I was like, I am not. I am. I don't specialize in eviction. Yeah. You know, well, we had <laughs> we had an experience similar to that when we were part of the group that we investigated with. We received a communication from someone who wanted us to um, investigate their house, and because they were already confident that that their house had uh, a demon in it, and they wanted us to investigate it, and we we refused that 
uh, investigation just for that reason, because you're putting yourself in a situation where the person already thinks they know what it is. Mm -hmm. So if you already know that it's a demon, why do you need us to investigate to tell you it's a demon? Second of all, if we go there and find out from our evidence, if we gather evidence to say that it's not a demon, then we're not going to change your mind, probably. And, and thirdly, if, if it's nothing and that person is having some, uh, you know, maybe some mental health issues and needs to see a, 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 you know, someone in the medical field, we're not qualified to make that recommendation. So you're really setting yourself up for failure no matter which way that goes. Yeah. Yeah, and Linguist had a good point there. So it's crazy that some people get, can actually get possessed and what triggers these possessions. You know, inner demons are, are a terrible thing. Um, but I believe a lot of the a lot of these possessions are brought on by yourself. A lot of hauntings are as well. Mm -hmm. The energy that you emit and opening yourself to you know certain things can create hauntings and can leave you very exposed. And yeah. that's something I've experienced myself. Yes. And something I had to realize it's like if you if you're if you're ticked off and mad. On your way to an investigation, don't go until you feel better. Mm -hmm. Because like I said, a negative entity or, or something that's wanting to manipulate you sees that as a weakness. When you're, when you're already angry, it's halfway there. And I always tell people, it's like, make sure you're in a good state of mind before you go on investigations. Make sure that you're your your energy is is pure mm -hmm. um, but i also believe that when you drop your guard or you open yourself up to depression um or things like that that you're welcoming you're just making it that much easier to be welcome and i'm not saying that those types of things mean a demon is going to possess you uh, but we've been to a lot of places where a lot of the hauntings that occur occur because of an individual. And as soon as that individual is out of the house, it stops. And mm -hmm. as soon as that person comes back, it's back. And as soon as that person moves to another house, because they think the house is haunted, guess what? It's right there Stop with out. them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's a completely different type of haunting that, that no one can help you with, but yourself, you know, you've got to close those doors. Yep. Uh, well, the, guys, do you have any other uh, Bri, any questions I'm, that you had that were big ones, medium, Jenny Lee? Bree, I think that John said they've been ghost hunting for about 16 years. Is that right, John? Yeah. Four, going about 14. 14. Years. Okay. Uh, let's see. I did have a whole bunch of questions, and I think that most of them got answered as okay. we went through. Because um, I think we have probably another two hours of conversation we can yeah. have. We've hit, the, we've hit the two hour mark, so I don't want to. So uh, I think uh, for me, um, maybe we could wrap it up with this. So you just got to go to one of your dream vacate your dream investigation places, but mm -hmm. what's next? What is like the place that you really want to go investigate? Even uh, if it's not even, even if it's not even possible, like where would you want to go? What's your dream investigation? I'm a big history guy and I tell it all the time. And I think we're going to put this on our big bucket list is going to be either uh, Ireland or the UK. Oh yeah. So I want to do like, a, I want to do like a paranormal vacation where we go okay. to the UK and investigate some castles and strongholds and, mm -hmm. you know, and, and some of like the, the catacombs, I mean, you know, yeah. just, 
even if nothing goes on, they're just some really cool places mm-hmm. to visit. But... Bring up, bring an extra suitcase, and I'll, I'll squeeze in and go with you guys. <laughs> uh, local, like I said earlier, I would love to get out to like Arizona and Oklahoma and mm-hmm. some of the some of the old Wild West uh, ghost towns and 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 investigate investigate there because it's completely different than what we're dealing with here on the east coast yeah different kind of history for sure yeah i think we're gonna have to have john back because a lot of people had more questions they wanted to hear some more evps and uh so yeah john if you're willing to come back maybe you can come around come around uh halloween time and we'll do some more ghost talk anytime appreciate john yeah i'm gonna throw um the links in here once again in chat mm-hmm. so the links to the um rva paranormal on facebook and to rva paranormal piercing the veil on youtube mm-hmm. um and so make sure you guys go check those out give them a like a subscribe check out those videos i had a blast i'm i definitely am going to watch more i went got to the uss constitution uh, north carolina and got through some other ones and, and they're great because they're not like crazy long and uh what i've watched it's a lot of really good uh content in there to watch so, yeah. yeah go check them out and remember yeah, next time you guys need a medium and you're not going too far away you know who to call yeah can i do another <laughs> plug real quick yeah yeah as many as you want <laughs> yeah so you know one of the things we do is we also do filming and investigating investigating for a streaming series called the twisted realm which is on paraflix right now um okay. so if you go to paraflix and you google that uh, it's a paranormal streaming service, uh, reasonably priced. I think it's less than five dollars a month. I think it's like three ninety nine or something like that. Uh, there's a lot of great shows out there. Uh, Twisted Realm is out there. Ghost Finders is actually streaming on there now. Uh, it is a streaming platform dedicated strictly to uh, content creators and and um, and independent uh, series makers uh, who go to these locations and and share their investigations. So Paraflix. Uh, and then check out um, uh, the Twisted Realm series. Cool. We put the link in there for that and typed out the names. People can look that up too. Awesome. And uh, yeah, everybody everybody loved you, John. And they want you to come back. So. All right. Sounds good. Well, everybody, right, everybody, thank you for watching. We had a lot of viewers tonight, a lot of great questions, a lot of commenters. Some people I didn't get to say hello to. You guys know who you are. You know I love you. Um, I'll be back on tomorrow night at 8 o'clock to do our reading night. As long as nothing crazy happens this time, I should be here tomorrow to do all those. Do all those. I'll drive tomorrow. (laughs) Yeah. Do all those team weird medium readings for you guys. So um, we'll be back uh, tomorrow night. And we're going to have another Witching Hours right around the corner. Real soon, Charity Janice. We're going to have Charity Janice on here. And she has a lot of fun stuff planned for doing like maybe it's like all of us doing some card pulls mm-hmm. and uh, doing some interesting stuff with some that. So really weird stuff out. it'll be team weird emotes the whole night <laughs> yeah all so, right everybody yeah. thank you for watching love you guys see you tomorrow a lot. we'll have john back again soon